time zones. Known for being times. Famous for that. That's it. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why time zones are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. Anna Hosnier and Shireen Lani Yunus are my guests today. Anna and Shireen co-host a fantastic podcast. The name of that show is Ethnically Ambiguous. Ethnically Ambiguous is a podcast about being Middle Eastern and about being immigrants in America. And it's got a huge range of voices on that show within that and beyond it. I recommend checking it out. It's very fun and funny and also very revelatory, you know, all at once, which I think is what you want. Anna and Shireen are many other things, too. You can hear Anna as a frequent guest on The Daily Zeitgeist or on Will You Accept This Rose or many, many other podcasts. She's also a super producer of podcasts. And Shireen is a writer and a filmmaker and so many more things. There are links for everything in the show links. I'm just really grateful they are here today. To talk time. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Anna recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino or Tongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. Acknowledge Shireen recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino or Tongva and Keech and Chumash and Fernandinho Tataviam peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about time zones. I I suppose I should also just ground it in, I'm in the Eastern time in the United States, in North Carolina. Shireen and Anna are both in the Pacific time of the United States, in California. I think time zones is an amazing topic for an episode, so thank you to listener Danny Lawrence for suggesting it, and and I'm very glad that the patrons of this show who get to vote on episode topics selected it as the topic for April. I wanted to make this right away, so here we are. Please sit back, or sit in front of one of those math class story problems about a train leaving Chicago and a train leaving New York, because you want to think trains for this episode. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Anna Hosnier and Shireen Lani Yunus. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Anna, Shireen, so good to see you. And, and of course, I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. How do you two feel about time zones? Uh, they're interesting, you know, I, I actually, surprisingly, I, I think about them more than I realized, uh, when you kind of introduced this topic to us, I was like, it is a, it's a fascinating thing because it, I mean, I think cause you know, me and Shreen are from the Middle East. It's, it's a surreal thing. It's, I've had a relationship with it my whole life in the sense that mm-hmm. like, if I wanted to talk to family in Iran, I'd have to wake up very early on Saturday and scream into a phone because I don't know. <laughs> the connections are always poor to the Middle East. So you have to actually talk very loudly. But and then every time uh. I've, I've gone to the Middle East the entire day, it's the opposite. 
So their night and day is, you know, completely flipped with ours. So it's actually kind of a very strange, like mental, like gymnastics that you have to do when you go out there of like readjusting your entire system. And it takes about a week. So you have to stay there for at least like three weeks for you to have like a decent time because your body has to be like, okay, everything you thought you knew, you don't know anymore. (laughs) So yeah, I actually have a lot of thoughts now, (laughs) now that I've started, but Shireen, please. Yeah, no, I felt the same way. I felt the same way when you introduced the topic. I was like, I actually have a long-standing relationship with time zones um, because the same thing with Anna. Uh, Syria is 10 hours, uh, ahead. So their night is our day. We'd have to wake up so early on the weekends to talk to them again, like just like screaming into the phone because all their phones are like landline, literally old school eighties things. Um, (laughs) and then when we were over there, when we were in Syria, sometimes my dad wouldn't join us right away. Like if we were talking to him in the States and we would have to use those same phones to talk to him in like the middle of the night and it would be the morning for him. So yeah, I think if you're a kid that grows up that way your whole life, you think about time zones more than the average person maybe because I'm very invested in like, what time is it in this place? And then now that my family is like all over the place, I have family in Europe, I have family in Canada, just everywhere because they just kind of scattered. I just have like in my phone, if you look at like the world clock, I have so many listed because I just want to know what time it is everywhere. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. you chose good two people for this topic. Oh, good. Yeah, I did. Because I also, I, I just like planned us talking. And then later on, patrons picked this. And thank you, Danny Lawrence, for the suggestion. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, okay, they, these are yes. probably good people to talk about it. Because I, I, I have not <laughs> traveled widely time zone wise, I don't think. I've, I've been to Western Europe a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, I haven't really been outside of like the US range. And And speaking of LA, my other... Like my big pandemic experience with podcasting has been like, thank you, Los Angeles guests for doing morning time so I can do afternoon (laughs) time and it's pretty good, you know, (laughs) works out. Yeah, I guess the silver lining to doing all these Zoom recordings is that like our podcast too, we had a guest from Japan for the first time, like they recorded in Japan. It's awesome. We had a guest, Linda Sansor was recording in Georgia, I believe at the time. And so we were just like... It's been cool that we were able to connect with people that don't necessarily have to be in a studio yeah. with us. Um, and then with the Japan guest, I think she woke up at like 7 a.m. just to do our show. <laughs> it was it was very nice of her, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, booking podcasts actually like Daily Zeitgeist, that's been a journey as well of like learning everyone's time zones. I've actually we've recorded a few podcasts with people in the UK and we've had to do like Saturday morning, which is like their night to... Um, <laughs> Get, you know, get everyone at a comfortable time. I believe 10 a.m. is about like 6 p.m. in the UK. So that's a good uh, that area. 10 Mm -hmm. to 11 is a good time for people to record in the UK so they can like, you know, it's not too late, but it's a little after dinner, you know. Yeah. I also think like I'm very conscious when I put the time for a meeting of putting in the time zone because like low key, if, if someone doesn't, I think it's kind of presumptuous and a little annoying that they assume I'm in their same time zone. Like, your time zone's the only one that exists. Like, it's 3 p.m. Yeah. your time. I don't know what your time is. Um, especially now, because you're booking with so many people, it's very essential that you book and you specify the time zone. Um, 
because I just get I, I analyze it too much and I'm like this person just is in the like they just think their their time zone's the only one that matters but that doesn't you know what I mean I'm kidding um but I think it's important to specify because you never know where someone is especially now maybe they left where you thought they were yeah. for the pandemic or whatever yeah yeah I wonder I wonder if that's also either eastern or pacific time zone mindset too i'll bet in central time people are Mm -hmm. like i'm clearly on central okay everyone know this i'm not the one in charge i'm humble (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was talking to someone in in, uh, dallas for a while this year and he was always very specific like central time pacific time like he he just like knew exactly like like we're gonna meet on monday this is the time specific because I think if you live in the in an uncommon not uncommon but like an atypical one as far as the U.S. is concerned, I think you're conscious of it more. I think that's right. Yeah, and we actually we have mm-hmm. one number about that. So I, I think from here we can get into our first fascinating thing about the topic because it's a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. And this week that's in a segment called "Let's Hear It for the Stats." Let's get us all some math. That was beautiful. That's name cool. was submitted by Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. We have a new name every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to SIFPod on Twitter or to SIFPod at gmail.com. Because uh, there's a lot of stats and math here with time zones. I, I promise, folks, this isn't like too mathy of a show. You know, you, you won't need a whiteboard to get it or anything. But first number here fits what we were just talking about. It is less than 7%. And less than 7% is how much of the U.S. population lives in mountain time. Oh. Which is very small for it being one of the four time zones, I think. It's it's less than 7% of people. Wait, what What exactly is mountain time? It's like Montana-ish, right? Yeah, the, the eastern boundary starts kind of on the, the edge of Texas and Nebraska and the Dakotas there. And then it goes over towards, I think it stops before Nevada, and it's only part of Idaho's in it. It's a relatively small time zone, too. It's less than what you think. So would it be one hour ahead of... Pacific? Yeah, it's between uh, Central and Pacific, yeah. It's also that uh, that stats from the New York Times as of 2020, uh, part of it being less than 7% is that you also have Americans in Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands, like all these other places mm-hmm. outside of those four big ones. And also the mountain time zone includes Arizona, but most of Arizona, except for the reservations, does not observe daylight savings time. So for a lot of the year, Arizona is functionally Pacific time, too. Okay. Like, there's very few. If you're listening to this on mountain time, you're a rare bird. Like, great. I'm very <laughs> excited that you're here, you know? Yeah. Wow. I don't think I know many mountain time folk. Colorado's the big one, probably, mm. population-wise. That's that's a, a key one there. When you bring up, like, daylight savings and all that stuff, I think that's where it gets a little bit or f- <laughs> Sorry. That's where it gets a little bit messed up. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. That's where it gets a little bit messed up because uh, not everyone abides by the same kind of like the same hours or whatever. And I don't know. I mean, I don't I mean, I still don't really understand the point. I mean, I understand technically like someone will explain to me the point of daylight savings time. But at this point, I think it's useless and just confusing. <laughs> and um, I don't like someone else telling me how the time works because I, I already don't understand how time works so if someone's telling me that like it's going to change every couple of months i'm going to check out and i don't like it <laughs> yeah we i before this i probably should have set up that in general daylight savings there's so much there i think i'm going to do a whole nother episode sometime but obviously it's mm-hmm. part of time zones if it comes up it's good uh, and also we'll have a lot on this about time zones feeling like 
you know, like us being pushed around. I, I feel like we're all just told what time zone we're in, and then that's the time, mm-hmm. no matter what the sun is doing. Yeah. It's really, really aggravating. I guess I just don't like someone telling me any like what to do or like I, I don't like anyone telling me that this is how like giving me a rule to abide by. <laughs> I hate it so much. Especially U.S. daylight savings time, they do it over the weekend. It's like, come on, <laughs> yeah. I'm even working on the weekend, figuring stuff out. Get out of here. Yeah. Are we getting rid of it though? I've heard that we're getting rid of it, but I don't hmm. know for sure. I don't know. They don't have it in Arizona minus the reservations, and also they don't have it in Hawaii and a few other parts of the U.S. But uh, many other states are trying to work on it. Yeah. Good for Hawaii. So we'll see. Even like clocks are made up. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. This <laughs> <the> whole thing. <laughs> That leads well to this next number here. Next number is 12.58 p.m. It's obviously a time, almost 1 o'clock p.m. That is when it is solar noon in New York City. Hmm. Uh, And that time's from June 21st. It varies a little bit as the year goes on. But we'll link a great Scientific American piece about how in the past, large cities would just sort of set their own local time. But then once we started doing time zones... Cities switch to a regional time that usually doesn't line up with the actual time in the city. Like, theoretically, noon is when the sun is directly above you. Um, Mm -hmm. But in most places, the sun is above you after 12 p.m. An extreme example is Madrid, Spain. Solar noon is 2.16 p.m. What? Which is real late in the day. Solar noon. Yeah. Wait, why is it so... I don't see that's the thing. I don't like it. I don't like it. Like it's not even accurate to nature. Like I makes me mad because we should be listening to the solar parts of it. We should like the actual planetary things that are telling us like, yeah, you're right. Noon it 12 p.m. should be when the sun is directly above us. And then we should. I don't know. I'm just going to stop. This is not the time. (laughs) I'm like trying to understand science. I don't know anything. Uh, that's just like <laughs> because of where they are on on the earth, <laughs> on the world. They just happen to be in that area. It's like entirely because of where we have put the time zones, because theoretically okay. all time zones would line up exactly with longitudes and like exactly with mm-hmm. measuring the earth. But instead, we mostly do it with national boundaries and with okay. also like some weird historical events that we'll talk about later in the show. Like it's all constructed. And so you get weird mistakes. Yeah. (laughs) National boundaries. Okay. Something else that's made up. And uh, next number here, speaking of subdividing stuff, next number here is 11. 11 is the number of time zones in Russia. What? Hmm. It is a very, very large country. It's very, very large east to west. And so they have the most time zones of any country. There are 11 of them. Wow. I mean, it is, it is the biggest country in the world, right? It is, yeah. Isn't that right? So, yeah, so yeah. It, it's it's uh, valid that they would have the most. But it's also pretty wide, you know? And so they, they right. just keep splitting it as you go. Ele- so right. that's how big that's it is. They could fit 11 time zones? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's most of that continent. What is the majority? Really? Is the majority in a certain time zone? A lot of people in Russia live what I would call toward Europe, like on the Western right. end. Mm-hmm. And apparently when Russia started first having a train system, they tried to set it all on St. Petersburg time mm. because they said, okay, this can be the predominant thing. But then just as you go further and further east, even if there's less people out there, it's still like very frustrating for the people that are there. And right. it didn't work. I mean, okay, I went to Moscow a, a summer a couple uh, years ago. And in the summers, the sun will set at like 11 p.m. and it rises at... 2 
a.m. or something wild like that. Like you get like three actual hours of nighttime. And I already thought that was wild to as far as time goes in Russia. And that was also like closer to the Europe part because it's it's like Moscow and like not that far from St. Petersburg. Uh, Yeah, wow. But yeah, that's that's interesting. And I thought, I mean, like that's obviously just because the location it is on the globe, right? Like the whole whatever. It's confusing. It's confusing. But that's interesting. Eleven time zones. That's amazing, though. And and you when you visited Russia, were you in one time zone the whole time? I don't know if you noticed or not. I actually don't know. Like I'm pretty sure we were because I only went maybe like two hours outside of the city at most, maybe two and a half. And I don't think it would have changed in that to that time but i don't know all right i looked up a map to try and understand it's confusing because it's like some parts are like above each other but they're like different time zones totally and i always thought yeah it's a lot of national boundary stuff and and just sort of decisions oh. by governments uh, almost more than based on geography or or where the sun fascinating. is fascinating yeah okay but yeah st petersburg and moscow are the same so i definitely was in oh okay the same thing but they're but okay, this is what this is what trips me up, and the same thing happened in that image you sent us about Canada. Like, there's a section of it where like the top is one, and the bottom is something else. Yeah, it mm-hmm. doesn't change east to west; it changes north to east. And I don't know if that, I don't I don't know that trips me up. Wow, we, we'll keep running into the idea that time zones are politics, or or else yeah. just organizational <laughs> decisions by 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 a country, and that's just how it is. It's very strange. And and with That's that map surreal. there, I think we can do the last number here. The last number is 10. And 10 is my count of the number of countries in the world that are at least partly on an offset time zone. And an offset time zone, that just means it's one where the time zone is not a lock of hours different than the rest of the world. It's hours and also a set of minutes, usually 30 minutes different. Oh, oh. To some listeners, this will be, yeah, right. It's a fact of life. I am in that or near that. But to me, it was shocking. One uh, one example is Iran. Iran is on, uh, right now it's Iran Daylight Time, which is GMT plus four hours, 30 minutes. So it's a, a half hour different than some hmm. other time zones near it. I didn't know that. Yeah, not they don't really make sense. It's kind of random offset. Because like there's a Iran, India, and like literally ha- the middle section of Australia. That must be so confusing. <laughs> Yeah, that's in Australia, and I'm sure listeners there know this, but a bunch of the states in the center of the country, and then also a place called Lord Howe Island, are on a 30-minute different offset time zone. Canadians probably know that the island of Newfoundland, and then a little bit of Labrador, is on an offset. Uh, And then you have entire countries of Afghanistan, all of India, all of Sri Lanka, all of Myanmar, also French Polynesia, so that's a part of France that is on an offset. Okay. Hmm. And then you have a part of New Zealand called the Chatham Islands that is 45 minutes offset. And then also the entire country of Nepal is on a 45 minutes and some hours offset from the other countries around it. So you can break time zones down that minutely. It can be little bits different. Why? Why? Why are they... <laughs> Why are they offset? <laughs> we'll talk about it. In general, I I think it's like an effort to make it more accurate to the sun. Like, th- theoretically, we could have, oh. you know, like eight U.S. time zones all a half hour apart, you know, and then it's, it's uh, and, and I'm talking about the lower 48 states. But in some of these cases, they're trying to make it more accurate to where the sun is in their country at the time, which is cool. I can dig it. 
As long as they're yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah. I can accept that. I did make an argument about we have to abide by the planetary things earlier. So I can accept that they're trying to be closer to this new term that you've introduced to us, solar noon, mm-hmm. which I really like. So Cool. Yeah, solar noon feels very pleasant. Like, ah, we did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in tune with yeah. the sun. The noon of solar. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, from here, there's there's three big takeaways for the episode. Let's get into them. Starting with takeaway number one. Trains created time zones. This is, this is the history of where they come from. It's mainly trains, also a little bit boats. Hmm. But train travel was the reason that uh, a time zone system hmm. developed. Okay. Like, be, just because for the first time they were traveling faster than they used to, and they were like... Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I had never thought of this, but it, it feels like it just makes sense now that I know that basically before railway travel, people didn't move fast enough to need different time zones. Like you wouldn't go far oh. enough in a day where it matters. You would just adjust to the where the sun is tomorrow when you got somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it was also a world where just sort of each big city would keep local time and then areas around that would try to keep up with that. And so in the UK, before there were time zones, Oxford time was five minutes behind London time. Five minutes? Yeah. So they just ran five minutes different because by the time you got there, it didn't really matter. Like, great, now I'm on this one. I'll just change it a little bit. Oh, that seems unnecessary because uh, it's not enough time. <laughs> yeah. I think like minimum... five minutes is how how ahead I set my car yeah, exactly to make sure I get somewhere on time. You know, <laughs> like, literally, my clock next to my bed is five minutes ahead, just so I can like always Same. have some like urgency to get up. But like, I think minimum thirty exactly. minutes should be the rule. That's as low <laughs> as you can go for a time zone change. Exactly. I agree. I, I hadn't even thought of that. The self-motivational shifts in your own clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. <laughs> yeah, it. it's always at least four to five minutes ahead for me. Like my microwave, my car, the <laughs> one next to my bed. It's all, yeah. I re- I my mom like, does a full 15. Her wow. for her bed, like room, are all 15 minutes ahead because she just always wants that like jump ahead. 15's a lot. You though. gotta. When you got places to be, you gotta. We really recommend <laughs> it. It's a good motivator because you think you don't have the time and then it's always a nice surprise when you're like, oh yeah, right, that's right. The clock was ahead. Every like, time it makes me feel good. <laughs> it's like not only self-induced anxiety, but then it's like a self-induced payoff. So it's like you're just yeah. in this like cycle with yourself. I, also, I like that the trick always works. Why does it always? It should wear off, but it just keeps being effective <laughs> i always I, mean, I always forget honestly it's really sad there are days where i'm like i know this is ahead i'm just gonna ignore this like i, I have five more minutes now I, sometimes it goes against my brain because i just like no but yeah i don't know my mom's kind of the same way she'll set stuff ahead i don't know maybe it's like a middle eastern thing maybe. i'm not sure not 15 minutes that's a lot <laughs> yeah my mom is on top of it i don't know 15 i don't know what she's even doing it sounds, she sounds like a. She's got places to. She be. sounds like a winner. It's like somebody to write a business book or something. Like you, you know how I win fifteen minutes <laughs> ahead, like and that. I'm like, well, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> Her secret: fifteen tips and tricks for being an on-time Persian woman. <laughs> That's her book. And so with train travel, the th- uh, like we were saying, people just did not move all that fast before trains. Apparently before trains, getting from New York City to Chicago took one month. Whoa. But by the 1850s, the trains were good enough to get you there in two days. And so from there, 
not only are they fast, but the schedules start to interlock across long spaces of of land. Mm -hmm. And eventually they said, we need to figure out a way to work this. And so from there, a few British and American and Canadian people in parallel invent time zones and just kind of convince the world to adopt it. The first touchstone for this ends up being boats, because uh, there's something I think people have heard of called Greenwich Mean Time. It, it's spelled like Greenwich, but it's a place in, in the London area in England. And there was a British naval observatory there, which you can visit. I actually, I've, I've been to it, and, and there's a prime meridian line you can stand mm-hmm. on. It's kind of fun. But, uh, but they published a British nautical almanac in 1767. And the upshot is a lot of uh, British shipping and then world shipping started operating on that time. They were like, oh, we can unify boat time with this like naval observatory in the UK. And until railways started popping up, life was kind of the same on land. But then mm-hmm. in 1840, the Great Western Railway in the UK needed a time standard. They said, we got to like line this up between Oxford and London and everywhere. And so they picked the available time standard of this Greenwich like naval observatory. And so that was how the British time zone started. With all of these time zone lines and meridian lines, I, I like that they're both real and made up. Like there is a real measurable earth, but I think we mostly drew the line there because the British Empire was really powerful and there happened to be a like naval timekeeping facility mm-hmm. in a spot. That's that's how all of the world's time zones ended up being yeah. lined up, which is uh, bonkers. Is. Like how why are they in charge? Silly. I mean, yeah, especially when you think about like the impact of of colonization and everything like they were just like ruling the world for a little bit they're just like it's we're the center of this universe everything revolves around us yeah oh heck yeah it actually makes me think maybe my mom is creating her own time zone (laughs) (laughs) i was just like while you guys were talking i was like the key to success realizing this in real time like wait a second (laughs) she created her own i mean if they could do a five minute one they could do a 15 minute one which goes against my rule. She broke my rule. Thirty minimum, thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to have a talk with her later. She's a rebel. <laughs> That's her actual key to success: making your own time zone. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell anyone though. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, yeah. and uh, as far as the UK starting a lot of the seed of this, they made that Greenwich time the official time for the island of Great Britain in 1880. And then also nearby countries either started adopting it or rejected it on purpose. There's a funny story in the Atlantic about France adopting a national time zone in 1891. And they just specifically chose Paris time, which is only a few minutes different because they didn't want to be on British time. They they were like, no, we're the French and we don't like the British and we're not doing it. (laughs) It's very French thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's petty. I like it. Yeah, it's Now that you mentioned that, I think France was one of two nations that didn't want like when they vote they had a vote in washington dc about where the the meridian should go in the eight in the, in the 1880s or something yeah that's and right. yeah i don't i don't not a lot of countries showed up but like representatives <laughs> of different countries showed up and it, the majority was for the greenwich thing so they ended up doing the greenwich meridian there but france was like one of two that was like i don't want this and that's, so that's really <laughs> funny that they decided three minutes for paris time later on because that's like them furthering being like nope <laughs> i love that yeah <laughs> yeah when another another thing with the origin of time zones is British Isles are not that wide, so they that one time zone was pretty good for especially England, Scotland, Wales there. The other big seed of this is railway standard time, which was adopted in the US. 
Uh, main source for this part of the show is NPR's Planet Money. They did a great episode called The Day of Two Noons, because in the early U.S. railway system, time on a train was based on the railway company. Just each railway company picked a clock and said, this is the time on the New York Central or whatever other railroad you're on. And then they decided that's terrible for customers. They can't figure out when anything is going or coming or anything. <laughs> and so thanks to mainly a bureaucrat named William F. Allen, on Sunday, November 18th, 1883, the U.S. adopted railway standard time for the railway system and also a lot of cities from there, too, because they were interconnected that way. And so on that day, New York had local time noon, and then four minutes later, New York City had railway noon. And they were like, okay, it's noon twice today, and now that's noon. Here we go. We got it. Hmm. It's noon twice today. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a great sentence. I don't love that, but okay. Yeah, weird day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but again, like, that's it's just confusing. like us being like a little bit ahead, like five minutes, four minutes, you know, it's like, is it really that big of a difference? It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting, though. We should have, I mean, I guess now, because we've lived our whole lives on Earth, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's common sense, like of time zones. But sometimes I feel like we need a like a little everyone when you're born, you're issued or maybe whatever, you're seven. You're issued a little tiny book that you keep on you at all times <laughs> that tells you every time zone ever. Because <laughs> this everything you've told me, I I can only process it like five minutes at a time. So once you've already moved on, I'm still like thinking like, wait, what? <laughs> we need a little like a little guidebook that's issued to us in our youth. So we have it and we just always know what time zone we're in, especially because they're now they're, there's just so much going on, especially when yeah. we go to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I like this idea because yeah. that idea makes it obvious to the kid that they're not the center of the universe. There, there's, there's, there's more, it's more right. out there than them. Their time isn't the one time, like the sent the prime time or whatever, you know, um, prime time. Uh, but yeah, I agree with that. It'll reinforce that like the world is bigger than just your little, your little time. Yeah. And as far as the world goes, the other seed here. So we've got that conference that Shereen, you were talking about. It's called the International Prime Meridian Conference. It mm -hmm. was in Washington, D.C. in 1884. The main person pushing for it was a Canadian railway engineer named Sir Sandford Fleming, who wanted the American and Canadian railway type time zones to be worldwide. And this conference had no legal force, but the British and American systems sort of both adopted what they came up with, and then the world started matching after a while. Mm. So it's it's basically a lot of train guys from <laughs> from the UK and the US, uh, and a little bit Canada set up time zones around the world. Uh, they they ended up having a lot of power. Train guys, train guys, yeah, train guys, train guys. did this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> train guys. I'll accept it, but train guys? Okay. <laughs> I mean, they really yeah. change the world, these train guys, not just with the trains. They trained the world. They trained oh, us. Wow. Yes. They altered time entirely. <laughs> I guess I feel better about train guys doing it versus like some business suit guys doing it, you know? It's, it's true. Yeah. It's more, uh, it's like, it's better than like plain guys. Yes. Because plain <laughs> guys, you know, those are like billionaire types. We don't yeah. want them in charge. Train I'm guys not saying are... train guys can't be billionaire types. I'm just saying they yeah. seem more of the people. Yes. Because they're down, <laughs> down to They're earth, down with on us the on earth. the ground. Yeah. 
They're on the ground right. floor. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the term down to earth comes from because they're yeah, on the earth. The train guys. <laughs> <laughs> they were very humble. <laughs> they have ripples. Their influence ripples out. Amazing. Like the train starts going over a bridge. It's like, hey, get back down here. Too big to show it off up there. <laughs> Too big for your bridges, get down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, at least bridges guys didn't go, you know, train guys. Bridge guys have no say, okay? Yeah, no bridge guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, off of that, we're going to a short break, followed by the big takeaways. See you in a sec. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Well, uh, from here, I think we can get into uh, the second takeaway of the show. Takeaway number two. Both of the most populous countries in the world each only have one time zone. Whoa. Uh, those countries are China and India. China and India each only run on one time zone even though they are huge and have a lot of people in them. Hmm. I need to see China compared to Russia. Yeah, I mean, because there's parts of China that are... Hold on. Because uh, they're, they're number one and two in population, but also India is the seventh largest country in the world by land area. And depending on your measurement, China is either two or three mm. uh, in terms of just size. It's, it's a very large country. Yeah. Um, but ever since the 40s, it has been running on one time zone. That's all. I mean, yeah, because both China and India are, like, south of Russia, right? So mm -hmm. north of them, there's probably a different time zone than India or China. And China is huge. You're right. Like, yeah. it's almost comparable, if not bigger, I'm not sure, than the U.S., right? So if the U.S. has all these time zones... It is bigger than the U.S. I'm looking at a grid. It goes Russia's the biggest, then Canada, then China, then U.S., then Brazil, then Australia, India, Argentina... And onward. Yeah. Huh. Those are the biggies. And India is also one of the ones with the offset time zone. So that's double interesting. Yeah. And there's a, there's sort of interesting routes to each one. Uh, let's, let's maybe start with India because we talked about it being uh, an offset time zone. All of India is on Indian standard time, which is GMT plus five hours, 30 minutes. Hmm. Well over 1 billion people live in this one time zone in this one country. 
And it's sort of a combination of the British and independence from the British caused this single time zone. Because under British rule, they tried to implement one time zone. And there's a historian at UC Berkeley called Vanessa Ogle, who's written, uh, she's written an amazing book about the riots that happened when Britain tried to implement this. In 1906, Bombay factory workers revolted. It spread to the middle of the city. More than 15,000 citizens demonstrated and signed a petition. But in 1950, after independence, a single time zone was implemented for like new country unity. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, India has always been on one time zone. But it, mm-hmm. I think it's ultimately the British's fault. I, I blame them. Oh, always. Yeah. Oh, huh. well. They can take it. Colonizers, classic plain yeah. people trying to tell you <laughs> what time yeah. you need to be in. Get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you mentioned this a little bit ago. But yeah, you're right. It's all politics. It's all politics and a little bit of spite and a little bit of like freedom and everything. It's yeah. It's not necessarily abiding by a solar system or planetary system or anything. It's just kind of about... Uh, very man-made human things. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Other than Vanessa Ogle, our two sources here, BBC News and The Atlantic, uh, the BBC talks about how the width of India is similar to from New York to Utah. Hmm. If you know wow. the United States, New York to Utah, all of that under one time zone. That's what we're talking about. Um, That's a lot. And there are places in the east of India where the sun rises nearly two hours earlier um, there are a lot of like tea gardens and other businesses in Northeast India that had just set their own clocks an hour different and their own way because just the time works different. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of proposals to split the country in two time zones in particular because it's already offset. So you could just shift each side 30 minutes and then you have like two good mm-hmm. time zones for the country. It would work a lot yeah. better. That's a good, that's a good idea. So it doesn't even like the sun rising is not a factor in it or or like not really or yeah. that's wild wild yeah. so some people it's like my morning's at noon i think i think you'd probably have to adjust to like in one part of india the sun rises at 5 30 in another part it's yeah like the sun rises at it's two hours different yeah. like nine or something it's just it's so strange yeah because yeah if you think about utah and new york they're yeah that, that's that's yeah but the the fact that it's offset and it can like maybe solve itself i think it's a good call if it makes their lives easier yeah it seems like it wouldn't be that disruptive to just fix it mm-hmm. and it's also the effect is extreme enough that there's a, a 2019 study from cornell university economist malik jagnani who studied the effect on sleep quality, and he found that it impacts people's sleep. The effects are worse for poorer people because they can afford less, like, you know, control over their own home and blackout curtains and and all the other Mm -hmm. things that would just help you manage the sun. Uh, And it also impacts children's educational outcomes because they have, like, a clock that doesn't necessarily match their bodies or the sun. Wow. I'd love to see a study that kind of analyzes that because I think long term that really must mess with brain stuff and just like everything because sleep is so essential. And if you when a time zone is influencing that deeply and in a negative way, I don't that's just kind of wild. Yeah. And that leads to the next thing. But I'm just thinking Western China would be a perfect place to study it because because this other case here 
in China, and our main source is The Atlantic. It's an article by Matt Chiavenza. Since 1949, which is since Mao Zedong and the, and the Communist Party has been in power, China has been on one single time zone, and it is Beijing time. And if people know China, Beijing is pretty far east in the country. And so not only are they putting a country that's more than 3,000 miles wide, which is more than 5,000 kilometers, that's wider than the U.S. 48 states, uh, not only is that on one time zone, but it's on sort of the eastern end, relatively. Mm-hmm. And so in western China, the clock like drastically does not match the sun or life. And so there's a common practice of people adopting what they call Uyghur time, which is two hours different than Beijing time, because it's it's just closer to reality. It just makes more sense. Is that where the is is that because the the Uyghur population is like there or and that yes yeah is, and it's just okay. a, a lot of Uyghur people there. Huh. I guess the only comparable thing, if you're in the U.S., to wrap your mind around that is like if everyone went by New York time, right? If ever yeah. if everyone went by like if it's six a.m. there, it's nine a.m. here, but the we, the day looks drastically different. That's right. Yeah, but it's even more because China's bigger, you know. So that's interesting. Another thing I don't think everybody knows about China is that the majority of the population is toward that eastern coast, toward the ocean. Mm. And so it's 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 like if both our coasts were in New York and mm-hmm. then they just told the rest of the country what to do. That's sort of the the power dynamic there. Yeah. Mm. I don't like that. I wouldn't be opposed to yeah. being everyone being on New York time. No. And my dad wouldn't call me at like 7 a.m. being like, have you looked at the stock market? And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he always does. it's always like all his texts come at literally like 701 702 <laughs> it's like oh good morning like right, right when like, it opens nope. or something like like yeah, he's he's like have you seen what's going on <laughs> every time all his texts coming out at exactly like 701 that's hilarious he's always like no wow did you see this and i'm like no because i'm not an old persian man who gets up at 5 a.m because you just can't sleep like i i actually have to rest a little <laughs> <laughs> Does he sleep really early at like 9 p.m.? Of course. No? You know, he's in yeah. his early 70s. He's like, he's yeah. out for the count by like 8 yeah. p.m. <laughs> and then he gets up at like between 4 to 5 every morning. My mom complains that he's always just like up and being like, are you awake? <laughs> She's like, no, go away. <laughs> he's but just like rustling your dad, through things. <laughs> your dad, I would argue, is a, a very human way to sleep and wake up because he's sleeping close to when the sun sets, waking right. up when the sun rises. So, you know, yeah, no, he's pretty good. Yeah, and then he goes on like a walk and probably like annoys all the no- neighbors. Like, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, go home, sir. Have you seen the stock market? <laughs> he's like everyone's like rooster. You know, like that's yeah, how they know it's the morning time. When I'm at home, he's like the house rooster. Like immediately, you hear him talking at like four in the morning. You're like, yes, yo, yeah, no, like because you know, like, and he'll be like downstairs, but it's like their house has those like high ceilings. It's very Persian, so they can have chandeliers. Um, very Persian, and so, so, but like all everything rises in houses with high ceilings so like mm-hmm. immediately like i can hear everything and anything he has a thought about like <laughs> i like starting <laughs> i think when i lived at home i had trained myself to block it out but when i go home for you know whatever holidays or if i just happen to be home immediately i can sense my father's awake it's like my body is like <laughs> god what is he talking about now you can just hear but it. Is He's it, just talking. Is it a combination of sensing your father's awake and the day is starting? Like that's sure, the thing. He's but it's trained like, oh. you. I don't do that here in my own bed. Like I don't go at four a.m. Like he's awake. You know, <laughs> like, 
it's truly like an at home thing. My body becomes super aware that my dad is like talking about something downstairs. That's really funny. Uh, outside, like the reverberations of like, you know, the high ceilings. It's just like, you know what? His every thought and you just know mm-hmm. he's awake because he's also loud. That's another mm-hmm. problem is he just doesn't care. So yeah. when he whispers, it's like normal talking. Yeah. When he whispers, yeah. he's like, so I was <laughs> like, OK, you're screaming. But it is he really. Yeah, that's that's his internal clock. And it's, I love it. It's tough when you don't have the same, you know, you just right, kind of deal right. with it of like <laughs> 7 7 a.m. text being like, can you believe this stock is doing this way? And you're like, I you know what? I don't really look at the stock market like you. <laughs> that's the other thing. I don't really care. It's like him trying to bond with you in his own way. He's like, you're the first person he probably texts being like, look, the stock market. And you're like dead asleep. <laughs> he does it to my brother, too, who lives with him and is asleep. Oh. He like text him, and it's like he's upstairs asleep. My dad's like, "Can you believe this?" He just that's my dad is very he he's just like at that point where he's like retired, so like self awareness, like he's just beyond mm. self. Oh, like yeah, he doesn't yeah. care. Like he's like, "Yeah, I know you were asleep, but like, get up." No. So I you're doing. He's just beyond. You know, when they hate a certain age, and it's just like, look, I've been on this earth for a long time. I don't care, and you, you gotta respect that. Why should he yeah. care? I respect you know, it. he's retired. He's taken walks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't need to. It doesn't. I mean, look, whatever. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? One day that's us. So right. get yeah, used to you're it. Right. One day we'll all be the rooster of the neighborhood, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like the older person's singularity is like, I know the sun and the markets and <laughs> I'm just up. Like I, I've yeah. just achieved a different level of sentience, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know what? Just up and at it. Yeah, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of remarkable that when we get older, we revert back to the most human way of like operating internally. Like, I feel like every, if not most old people go to sleep very early, wake up very early. Yeah. So, yeah, it's almost like your body reverts back to the most human thing it can do, which is like have its eternal clock match the 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 clock of the the planet you know or like how the sun operates i think it's kind of cool. i mean maybe i'm just <laughs> romanticizing this but uh <laughs> i think it's kind of cool <laughs> it, it does feel very universal like connecting with the universe kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. there's also just extreme differences from how the universe is going and in, in western china it also wasn't always that way when the republic of china started in 1912 that's when they did the first time zones for china and they had five time zones because that it makes sense. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. But according to the Atlantic, the city of Kashgar is 3,000 miles west of Beijing because that's how big China is. And in Xinjiang province, which is the westernmost province, it's not uncommon for people to be enjoying a beautiful sunset in the summer at midnight on the clock. Mm-hmm. It's just how different it is. Uh, or in the winter, the sun will rise around 10 a.m. on the clock. So that's when dawn will be. Solar peak is usually around 3 p.m. It's all just completely set up in a way that's on Beijing time for theoretically for national unity. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people believe it's because China does not prioritize, especially it's like majority Muslim, majority Mm -hmm. non-Han population out West. Yeah. I hate how political it is, but you're right. Yeah, it's, it's become so political that According to Human Rights Watch, in 2018, a Chinese citizen was traveling in Beijing. They were detained by the police on terrorism charges. And the evidence was that they were a Uyghur person and their watch was on, quote unquote, Uyghur time. 
That was the evidence that they were like, this person is probably here to be a separatist. Because it's that much of a thing. Wow. It's, it's an issue. That's that's disgraceful. Yeah. I hate that. And uh, and definitely not funny. But from here, uh, straight into takeaway number three, I think. <laughs> uh, takeaway number three, final one for the show. Many past and present power struggles resulted in changes to a country's time zone. And this is a, a set of things. We're mainly sourcing Lapham's Quarterly. Uh, they have a great article by Elena Kugasian about wars and new leaders being the reasons that individual countries change their time zones in surprising ways. Mm-hmm. Which I know is more yeah, politics. I mean, Beijing but... is a great example of that. Yeah. It's all... I don't like being controlled by these plain people. Yeah. <laughs> plain people. Plain people. It always comes back to plain people. Because it's also just like... plain people. Yeah. What did you say? colonialist plain yeah. people <laughs> it's also just like another way to control the population in my opinion like it's not about mm-hmm. it's really just about control and power and i it, that's just unsettling to me yeah it's just humans man we yeah. ought to go back to our primitive ways i think <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were better people back then yeah it is there's there's something to be said for just a, a community going by the sun because the opposite is mm-hmm. a story like this here where uh, in Venezuela, they've changed it back since, but Venezuela was on an offset time zone because in 2007, Hugo Chavez just declared that the country would be 30 minutes different than it was before. And according to John Polga Hasimovich, who's a professor of political science at the U.S. Naval Academy, this announcement came right after the Venezuelan public voted against a referendum that Chavez wanted to pass. He says, quote, Chavez changed the time zone to show his power. A shift mm-hmm. of 30 minutes is very political, a way of thumbing his nose at the world. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's like the biggest flex you can do. I like I'm changing time. Like <laughs> it's like a God complex. It's that's so annoying. Yeah. I'm changing time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. There's also there's a similar one in 2015 in North Korea. Kim Jong-un declared a half-hour change of the clocks as a rejection of, quote, wicked Japanese imperialists. And then they did that in 2015, and then they flipped it back in 2018 because relations were improving with South Korea. And so they wanted North Korea to line back up with it. It's just all people pushing people around. You know, power corrupts, we all know this, power corrupts humans. When you get to a certain point where you can have the the power to change time, to control time, it, it, that's that's too much power. That's too much power. <laughs> and again, God complex. Like that, that's the whole, it's political, it's controlling, it's strange, but no one, not one, one person shouldn't be allowed to be like, I will change the time for these entire, this entire population only because I want to for spiteful reasons and political reasons. It's so backwards. That's what it is. Power yeah. corrupts time. Power oh. corrupts time. There you go. Yeah. Trust no one. That's the takeaway. <laughs> but buy my book, uh, 15 <laughs> Tips and Tricks <laughs> to be in places early. <laughs> you got to commodify. Oh. You got to commodify time if possible. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because there's one more kind here, which is invasions. Mm. There, For one thing, there's a modern one where in 2014, Russia annexed Crimea. And when they mm. did, they had a ceremony at the Simferopol train station to mark changing the clocks in Crimea to a Russian time zone, 
rather than a one in, in Ukraine. Hmm. And then also there's throughout World War II, basically Germany or Japan would conquer a place and switch the time zone. Uh, that's how Holland and France ended up on their current time zone is a German change when they invaded. And then the strangest one is probably Spain, because in World War II, Spain was run by a authoritarian government under Francisco Franco. It didn't get invaded by the Germans. It was like supporting them. But part of Franco supporting the Germans was to change Spain to Germany's time zone. And it is still on that time. They're not even close together. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of under England, but it's on a different time zone because they, according to David Messenger, chair of the history department at the University of South Alabama, quote, for Francisco Franco, it was a clear political move to indicate Spain's alliance with Germany. And then after Germany was defeated, why go back and admit the mistake? So to this day, Spain is on kind of the wrong time zone. That was why they had that weird solar noon in Madrid before, because they... That's the pettiest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, I said, I said a bad word. <laughs> it's appropriate. That's the pettiest thing I've ever heard. That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, there's so much like petty time drama. <laughs> I wasn't aware of, honestly. Same. <laughs> News to me. Damn. Yeah, the Real Housewives of Time. I like it. Good. The Real Housewives <laughs> of Time. And it's all these just like dumb men that yeah. are just like too much power. It's just like a bunch of dictators. The Real yeah. Housewives yeah. of Time. I mean, I'd watch That's that funny. show. <laughs> Actually, we're all watching it in real time, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, Housewives was a bad touchstone because I think, I think every story here has been a man making the decision. Like that, like laying out time zones and changing them and everything. Yeah. 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 They're still housewives to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't get, oh, house husbands. Who cares? You know, there's, they're yeah. the, the real, the house husbands of time. <laughs> That is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Anna Hosnier and Shireen Lani Yunus for, among other things, making a three-hour time difference work because of the tyranny of time zones. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you in any time zone right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com. Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is two totally different time systems that millions of people have lived under. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of three dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring time zones with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, trains created time zones. Takeaway number two, both of the most populous countries in the world each only have one time zone. And takeaway number three, I had a longer way of saying it, but I really like what, what Anna and Shireen came up with. Power corrupts time. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Ethnically Ambiguous is a fantastic podcast co-hosted by my guests, Anna Hosnier, Shireen Lani Yunus. It's on the iHeartRadio network. It's new every week, amazing conversations, and a lot of fun. Also linking many other podcast appearances and writing and so much more, 
from Anna and from Shireen. They're just great, also very busy, really glad they came and did this. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. There's a great article in The Atlantic. It's called China Only Has One Time Zone, and that's a problem. And it's by Matt Chiavenza. Another article, this one's from BBC News. It's called How India's Single Time Zone is Hurting Its People, and that is by Sutik Biswas. Then there's a great piece in Lapham's Quarterly. It's called Time Lords, A History of Authoritarian Time Changes. That is by Elena Gukasian. Also just linking a lot of maps and a lot of just exciting visual ways to understand what we're talking about. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I am thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. <laughs>